0: So Vince, what do you do for the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship?
1: So I oversee the Mines and Minerals Bureau for the department, and essentially what we do, or we have three primary roles within that that position. Um, We regulate all the mineral mining in the state. So we issue licenses for all the quarries, the limestone, sand, gravel, gypsum quarries around the state. We license and register them. We also make sure that they're adequately bonded, so when they decide to stop mining, that uh, those sites are reclaimed properly. Um, And the other two primary objectives of what I do are, um, we actually have a coal regulatory program in the state. We don't currently mine coal in Iowa, and we haven't since 1994. But we still have coal reserves in Iowa, and at any point in time, a, a company could come in and, and want to mine. And so we would be responsible for licensing uh, those companies as well. And so we have to have a presence for that, and uh, you know, not a lot of workload associated with that. Um, but then lastly, uh, we oversee the abandoned mine land program. And so historically, Iowa mined a lot of coal. And so we do a lot of work on the reclamation side of it. So we've got these old surface mines, primarily in southeast Iowa. They're coal mines. And we receive grant funds from the Office of Surface Mine Reclamation and Enforcement. And we annually apply for those grants. And then we identify sites that meet certain criteria. And we'll work with those private landowners and we'll try and get those mine sites reclaimed.
0: Well now that's where you and I met, at, at, a, at a mine site, a, a big public event at a mine site oh, between Knoxville and Pella. Can you tell us about that one a little bit?
1: Yeah, so that, uh, we call that the Kuiper site. Um, the names of these sites are kind of unique, they've, uh, they've been on the books for quite some time and they may be named after potentially the mining company or the landowner that, that owned the site when it, when it was mined. Um, So we don't pick and choose the names. The names are already set. They're all in our database. That site happens to be one that has some priority features. It's got some dangerous high walls, some dangerous pit ponds, some dangerous spoil piles, and those meet the criteria for our funding to try and get those reclaimed. Um, And just as importantly, we need a landowner that's interested in getting the site reclaimed. And so um, we identify the priority features and landowners that are interested in doing the work um, and when we have funding that's available, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll try and work with those landowners to get those sites reclaimed.
0: Well, and the landowner I'm forgetting the gentleman's name. I spoke with him a little bit. He was just really pleased you were there because he wanted to return it to the state. It was his grandpa and grandma's farm, I think. I believe so. Or yeah. A coal mine, or the coal mine was on their farm, and he was he just wanted to see it back like it was when he was a kid and the birds and everything like that. He was really looking forward to that
1: yeah uh it's kind of fun when you're working with uh, an individual landowner or landowners that have a connection to the site um, that one's very unique and that he remembers when they used to go out there and hay the property and so it's it's exciting and i know he's very excited to get to, that site reclaimed too so uh, it just happened to time out pretty well so it's going to be really neat when we when we get that project completed, because I anticipate uh, we'll be able to get a good seeding on that. And if he wanted to take some hay off that site down the road, um, or potentially do some managed grazing on that site, he'll be able to do that again. And so it'll look uh, pretty similar to what he remembers when he was a a younger lad, I guess.
0: Well, and you and I were gonna meet at a a mine reclamation site in Mahaska County this morning, but for the first time in a month or so, it rained, And we were smart (laughs) enough to come inside for an interview. And was that the same kind of deal? Yeah,
1: very similar. Uh, Jim Yeagers, the the landowner we've been working with on on that particular site, and we we started construction on that last fall. And most of the site is graded at this point in time. So soon enough, uh, once all the grading is complete, we'll do some soil sampling out there and we'll determine what the pH of that soil is and we'll add lime accordingly to get that soil neutralized so that we can get something to grow out there. But uh, hopefully we'll have that site seeded sometime early fall, and uh, and then we'll be done with that site as well.
0: So tell me about that, the lime and the soil pH, because, I mean, you can see, well, you can see, you know, mines that need to be reclaimed all over southeastern Iowa, as, as you see, and you can also see some reclaimed one, the Chrisman one, between Knoxville and And Pella comes to mind, and then there's, oh, some others on Highway 5, and there's ones near Bussey that have been reclaimed, and some that haven't, and all, you know, lots of places in Mahaska County. I don't know Warren County so well, but they're all over. And some of them are being grazed, Mm -hmm. and they have grass on them. Others, they aren't, I mean, they will have trees and some plants and stuff on them. Sometimes the Slope is too steep for the for the plants, and certainly for the cattle. I guess I'm being long-winded to say, how do you make that go back to pasture hay?
1: Yeah, so um, it's all kind of part of the, the planning process. So a lot of these sites were mined back in the 30s, the 40s, or the 50s. Um, all the sites that were reclaiming, they were surface mines, and so... They're all. They were all mined prior to 1977. There was some laws put in place at, in 1977 that required these companies to reclaim the sites after they had mined it. So everything we're working with is pretty old stuff. Every site's a little bit different. Some sites are very acidic, so they were mined in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and some of them have very little vegetative growth. If they do have any, in in a lot of cases, um, it's uh, it's. It lacks diversity, um, so only the species growing out there can handle the acidic soil types. So you'll see the same types of trees and, and very little uh, herbaceous type grasses or vegetation like that. And so um, every one of these sites is unique. As I mentioned, some are very acidic. We'll do some soil ta- sampling out there, and we might sa- find samples that are, you know, three and four pH. Um, We'll collect water samples in some of the ponds on the sites, and some of them might have a 3 or 4 pH, and that's not a very good growing medium for for most vegetation. Um, So, um, But, you know, we can still get vegetation to grow, so once we get uh, the trees removed and we get the site all graded, usually they're mass grading projects. So we'll we'll try and recreate a landscape that looks similar if at all possible, to what it did prior to mining. So we'll make sure that we butt up against the, the edges of the mine site, which is going to be the original topography and, and uh, height of the, the land before it was mined. And um, so we'll butt into them. We'll remove all of the hazardous water bodies, the dangerous spoil ponds, the dangerous high walls. And we'll try and get it graded to slopes that are typically 5% or less. We can't always do it on most of the all of the sites, but predominantly we'll get some gentler slopes, we'll put some terraces on it, and, um, and then when we get the, the soil tests out there, we figure out how much lime we need to, to neutralize that soil. And sometimes it's 30 to 40 tons per acre. We'll incorporate that into the soil approximately 12 inches deep with some compost and some mulch. Usually it's uh, grass hay or something like that. Usually about five tons of the acre. We'll mix that all together really well with uh, some deep tillage equipment. And then we'll let it neutralized. We call that the bake period. It usually takes about 90 days. So we're hoping for some warmer temperatures, some precipitation, neutralize that soil. When we think it's ready to go, we'll go out there and we'll do some soil tests again. And if we're in that 6.5 roughly pH, we know that uh, it'll be able to, to handle some vegetation. So then we'll go in there and we'll seed it, hope for some rain, and, and then you know, we, get, uh, we get the growth that we're looking for most of the time. Uh, but really uh, you know, determine, what we put out there a lot of times determines is, is based on what the landowner wants. So if the landowner is hoping to either get some hay or do some grazing out there, we tend to try and cater to sus- some specific species, grass species. Um, and if he's wanting to manage for wildlife, we might uh, put a slightly different species out there where he's not hanging and grazing it, that type of thing.
0: So why is the soil so acidic? Is it part of the mining, ex- the extraction of the coal process?
1: Yeah, so um, typically the layer that's right above the coal is very shaley. and so when they go to mine these surface sites, let's say the coal seam might have been 30 to 40 feet deep. So they'll take all the overburden off that particular site. So they'll peel away the topsoil, they'll peel away the other layers, and then usually the layer right before the coal is shaley. So when that shale gets peeled off and gets thrown on the top of the spoil pile and is exposed to um, oxygen and precipitation, it becomes very acidic. And so what happens then is that uh, that shaley material that's on now on the top of the pile infiltrates down to the whole spoil pile and kind of uh, I guess acidifies if you will the whole pile And so all the topsoil and everything that is below buried becomes acidic and so they don't they didn't back in the day in those early times set the topsoil aside so we don't bring any material out in sight we only use what's available and so it looks pretty rough when we get it all graded, and we, I always think to myself, how are we going to get anything to grow out there? But it's amazing how quickly it recovers when we get a good dose of lime out there and, and get that soil neutralized. You know, it's never going to grow row crops on those particular sites or these particular sites, but we can get some good you know, growth out of there for some grazing or, or for some haying or wildlife.
0: And so why does it always look so red? I figure there's some kind of an iron component in it, is there? Uh, Well,
1: you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, rock and iron material that that is in in the soil as well, you know, when you get that deep. Um, And uh, a lot of the streams you'll notice around some of the mine sites uh, flow red. And so Mm -hmm. that's iron precipitating out, and it's a result of the site being mined.
0: All right, and so that's acidic, and you—I don't know if you use the word toxic or not—with respect to the ponds that are that can be out there, but it's just bad, real bad water.
1: Yeah. So the ponds, like I said, some of them can be pretty neutral, and they'll support uh, some aquatic life, some fish, in some cases, some you know, some amphibians, some frogs, that type of stuff. But then there's some that are pretty sterile. Usually them are the ones that look the prettiest. They're the the beautiful blue ocean type water you see in these. And usually that's an indicator that that water is probably pretty acidic. And so when we go to to drain those ponds, we'll uh, we'll do, again, some water sampling. And in order for us to drain those ponds, we have to make sure that uh, they're a certain pH. And so sometimes we have to add some lime to the water as we're discharging it, or the contractor will, um, just to make sure that we're not causing problems downstream
0: so you just might cut a trench and
1: yep sometimes we cut a trench or sometimes they may just uh, pump it with with pumps um, down through the site and into the nearest water body but again if it's uh, if it's not uh, adequate water quality we'll we'll sometimes add some hydrated lime to neutralize that water
0: now this isn't part of what you do now you just you said earlier on but you only do the the open surface mines. But, I mean, there's mines that were below surface mines. I mean, my grandpa worked uh, mines in Harold, Iowa, and then in Urbandale. I wonder all the time how much, um, I don't know, how many pro- problems are under the neighborhoods of Urbandale. I mean, but occasionally you get a problem, but you don't have to, you deal with it after the fact?
1: Yeah, so... You're exactly right. there was uh, we deal mostly with the surface mines, but uh, there was certainly a lot of underground mining that took place in Iowa. and so our money doesn't uh, doesn't allow us to use that for reclamation of the underground mines unless there is an emergency or a subsidence, which uh, surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly happens uh, fairly often. We'll probably field anywhere from three to 12 calls a year from landowners that say, hey, a hole formed in my backyard. And so we usually pull up our underground maps that we have available and try and make a determination on whether or not we know there was a coal mine in the area. And we'll go out there and investigate it. We'll poke and prod around and we'll try and make a determination. If we think it's an old underground coal mine and it's a dangerous situation, then we'll go ahead and we'll we'll work on fixing that subsidence and our grant funds allow us to do that. A lot of times those holes are in the middle of the back 40, in the middle of a cornfield or a bean field, and you might get a a 10 foot wide by 6 foot uh, deep hole that just, you know, the bottom fell out, if you will. And uh, so every every subsidence is a little bit unique, but we've had some that have been in urban sectors. You've probably read about uh, one, and that was in Knoxville recently. Mm-hmm. That uh, was a pretty significant subsidence. Um, we did some research on it, and although we did have some underground coal mines in the area, we've determined that it is related to uh, a, a quarry that's in the vicinity that's done some under underground mining for limestone, and they're in the process of getting that that hole fixed as well. So,
0: yeah, a friend's mine property. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. pretty. interesting yeah it's kind of
1: scary though you know if something like that were to happen um, under your house or you know you can't see them holes until you're right on it so if you're you're out in the field and you're doing some some work whether it's spraying or harvesting and one of these holes forms and you don't see it you know it it can definitely cause some dangerous to you or harm to your equipment that type of thing so
0: what's the best part of your job
1: Oh, there's a lot of, lot of pieces that I really like. Uh, I've always, throughout my career, enjoyed working with farmers and landowners. They're just such unique people. And uh, and I've been fortunate in my career that I, I usually get to work with folks that, that want want me out there or want to work with me. And so um, it's always fun to try and address any concerns they have or fix problems that they have. Um, but the other part uh, on in this particular job is some of these sites are pretty rough shape and they've been they've been in rough shape for 60, 70, 80 years. And um, it's really enjoyable to be able to go out there and work on one of these sites and transform them back into what you know they originally looked like 60, 70, 80 years ago. And so remediating those environmental problems but then turning that into a working land as well. That's that's pretty gratifying. I enjoy that. That's 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 what, probably one of the funnest parts of my job.